Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of Straight to Us. You got this. Um, we have a special episode this week. It's a two-parter, and we are continuing with our uh, ser- series special for Discovery. And this episode is season two, episode thirteen and fourteen. Is you are as close as you want to be to God, and the big question is how close do you want to be to God? And well, you got to make that choice, even understanding and finding and discovering who God actually is. And this is what this episode is going to do to define and actually explain. And uh, we're going to show you scriptures to help you along the way with this. One is understanding growth. Two is how do you grow in knowledge of God and His ways. And three, it's a uh, three is going to be continuing on from next episode which is discover different levels and growth so starting off is um co- what, what is that honey covenant worship no, don't worry about that okay all right we're going to uh, uh, start on here with topic one understanding growth and this goes with proverbs 12 uh, 21 2 all man's ways seem right to him but the lord weighs the heart yeah so how do you close how Close do you want to be to him? The there are different levels of growth, and how much time do you want to put in, into a relationship with him? Uh, how close is your relationship with him now? Um, you're as close as you want to be, and that goes with anybody. If you have your, a husband or a wife, or even a boyfriend or girlfriend, or even friends, uh, uh, family members, you're as close as you want to be to them. If you don't spend any time with them, then you're not going to be very close to them. And it's the same way with God. The more time you spend with them, the more time, the more you become like Him. Isn't that with uh, when you had you, you know friends that you hang around, uh, y'all seem to know each other. You seem to start liking the same things. Okay, it's the same with it's the same with God. You have to cultivate it like any relationship. Um. So you are as close as you want to be. Um, you will learn more and more about him the closer you get. Uh, and it does take cultivating. And, you know, the more you spend time with him, my, my, my son likes to put it, I'm marinating. I'm marinating in the word. And, you know, when he's stuck in a place right now and he's has a lot of time on his hands to read the word. And he is really being blessed. He's being changed by that. And he calls it marinating because he's soaking up the word of God and he is becoming alive. He's growing closer to him and he's finally understanding things. So understanding growth. When you pray or praise God, when you do something for someone else, what are your motives behind it? Are they for... I will do this and then God will do this for me kind of attitude. Are they for appearances um, and how others see you? Um, or are they out of pure devotion to God? Because you just want to do it. You have that overwhelming love in your heart. It's said in the Bible where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. 
and out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is in your heart? Is what you treasure most God and bring in glory to his name? Or is your treasure found in all that God can do for you? We all kind of slip into that every once in a while. Two people can pray the same prayer, one be acceptable before God and the other not. It's all in the attitude you show for him. It's all in your motives. You have needs and God knows your needs and he wants to meet them. He wants you to come to them. But he doesn't want to be just your 911 God. Exactly right. Why would he want to be your 911 God? He should be, you should want him to be your all for one God. You should want him to be your everything God. Your last man standing God because he is going to protect you. He is going to be there for you when all is lost. He's going to be there from now until the end of your life. And you should want that. You should want that. You shouldn't call him just because you're out of options. You shouldn't call him because you're, you're desperate. He wants you now and forever. And why wouldn't you want that? Matthew 6, 30, uh, 33 says, But seek his first kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. How do you feel when the time only a time friend or a family member calls you when they want something, and then the rest of the year you are forgotten about? Food for thought right there. How would you feel about that? Because 90% of America is doing that now with God. He's only there when you want him. Well, you should want him 24-7-365. Yes. Y'all remember 9-11? How quick we forget. Everyone was turning to God, and it was all over the media, you know, praying to God, and people turning to him. But how quickly they forget. And now, just the opposite is happening. We're wanting to do stuff and legalize um, gay marriage, which I love everybody. I don't judge anybody and because that's not my department. That's God's. So I love you no matter what. But I do believe in what the Bible says. The Bible says a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. Okay? That's what the Bible says. And wife singular, not wives plural. And so I do believe in what the Bible says. And the Lord says in his word also, do not add to or take away from this book of the law. Okay, we're not supposed to put our own twisted meanings on it. He'll give us the understanding as we read it and apply it to our life. So come to God, go to him in prayer, but sometimes go to him to say, hey, God, you know, um, I just need to feel your presence near me. So, you know. If it bothers you, and since we're created in his image, don't you think it hurts God as well? When all we come to him is when we want something. So, of course, God wants your love and devotion to be sincere. He wants you to have things and to have an abundant life. He just don't want those things to have you. Because then it can steal your joy, and then it all they become your idol. That puts you in, back into slavery in the bondage, the bondage that he died to give you freedom for. When he, 
when you first give your heart to God, you're born again with a brand new desire to serve him and to worship him. We are a new creation in Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Many people don't realize that though you have now been born again with a heart that wants to love and serve God, you have years of the world in you. And the discard your mind and heart that has to be renewed. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And the more you get to know him, the more time you spend with him, the more you understand his word, it becomes alive. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And so, fear meaning respect, not afraid. And so, where are you? In your relationship it's going to take time for you to be renewed and it's going to take time and as my son says i love his saying marinating in the word of god we all should be marinating in the word of god sitting back just thinking and just food for thought from uh god's word and it, what better way to do it see my wife and i we try to read a chapter of the bible every night but sometimes like it in a way we just fall asleep we're not perfect we never will be perfect the only perfect thing in this world is god but we are far from it but we try to read a chapter of the bible every night and do we do it not as much as we should we uh we probably done it three times in the past week and because most of the time we we're out cold because light gets in a way. We're just exhausted from working and all that because this isn't the only thing we do. We we do a lot of things. Same G is part of a children's missionary outreach, which that can be exhausting itself because she handles the education part of that program. And she's got 12 girls to provide education to. So she's doing that. Plus, she's dealing with their teenage girl drama all day. Like, oh, she did this to me. She did that to me. No, you did to yourself, so like young ladies. But uh, in me, I, I try to spread the word the best best I can when, I, uh, when I'm out working myself, uh, taking people where they need to go. So we got a lot on our plate, too, but we still try to keep God in our marriage, as we all should try to keep God in our marriage and try to keep God in our life. Yes. So back to this. You may have just come to the Lord or you may have been a Christian for a little while. And you have some brokenness within you that needs to be healed because God loves us so much. He gave us free will. So because of that, some people selfishly use that free will to their own advantage. And sometimes they just don't care and other people get hurt as a result. But God promises to pick you back up. He promises to be there. Because if he took free will away, he'd have to take it all away, the good and the bad. You don't want people to love you because you made them love you. That's not real love. Well, don't you think God wants that same kind of love? He wants real, sincere love. He wants us to want to be around him. And he'll more than provide for you. Look at Solomon. When Solomon became king, you know, uh, he sought after the Lord and he followed in his ways. And so the Lord was pleased. I mean, he just wanted to give him something. He says, Solomon, 
ask what you will. I'll give you whatever you want. And the only thing he said was wisdom. So God was just pleased that his mind wasn't on riches, you know, getting rich. And so God gave him both. You see, God knows what you need. He knows where you're at. And if you trust him with your heart, he'll heal it. It takes time to heal. And God does this in steps, little by little. Deuteronomy 7.22 says, The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. That means little by little, he'll heal the brokenness within you. One, one scar at a time. He does this so you're not overwhelmed. You remember the parable of the blind man that Jesus healed by spitting on his eyes? Spitting in the mud. Well, at first, people looked like trees to him. Then Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes again and he could see. So this shows that with some things were healed instantly. But then some things were healed in stages. This happens a great deal with those who have been through tremendous sufferings in their life before coming to him. Because you have so much brokenness within you. God has to do it little by little. It's like peeling layers off an onion. Yeah, and God is always doing that to us. He's, he paid the ultimate price by giving us his son. And the only thing we can do is sit back in his face and say, we don't want it. And that's 80% of America today is doing that. We're too busy idolizing everything else in the world except for what we should be idolizing, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how long are we going to continue on doing which, uh, to, to my next topic, is your spiritual growth is a process, and the Lord promises that. Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth endures, speed, time, and harvest, cold and cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Just said the stages in your life are growing up in the same true in your spiritual growth. God is always at work in your life to bring you into an abundant life. He is promised. His, he promises. John 10.10 10 says, The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that may have life and have it to the full. What does that mean? Well, I think it's pretty much common sense, really, because in God, you will always have life. It will never stop. And you got to remember, Death is not the end. It is just the beginning of your life in heaven. This is a fallen world, people. I don't know how many times we got to be told this. Uh, this earth is destined to be burned. How do you clean things? How do you sterilize things? You burn it until it kills all every single microorganism that is alive. Heat kills everything. So what does that mean? That's what it means in the book of Revelations. This world will burn. You have got to get right with God and your eternal resting place is in heaven where everybody should want to go. But not everybody believes that it's there. Yes, so I'm sure if you just take an account of yourself, if you'll just step back and look at yourself now and look at where you were when you first became a Christian, you're going to see that you've grown. And some things just doesn't happen overnight and you may not understand everything that God wants you to understand and why you have to go through this and why this has happened but trust me I've been through so much hell in my life that's not a nicer way to put it 
complete and utter hell. I've lost so many in my life, so many people that I've loved. And I went through tremendous pain in the process. I went through abuse. God has brought me back out of it on the other side, but I'm still not there. There's still things that I've been waiting for. There's still parts of my heart that need healed. But God has brought me so much further that, yes, I do. I minister. I minister to young adolescent girls all day long. And, you know, that is a blessing. That is a blessing to be able to minister to some to a young adolescent girl that's hurting so we can help lead her to the Lord and lead her to a place where she's finally ready to open her heart to the Lord. Because you need to start young. Because if you don't, the enemy can really attack you. Just because you can't see the work God is performing in your life doesn't mean he's not at work. There may be other pe people involved in some of the answers to your prayers. And so they're not where they need to be. But you, can, you can't see the wind, but you can feel its effects. So just because you can't see it, does it mean that the wind doesn't exist? You can't see God, but you can truly feel his effects. You can see them when he's changing a life inside. I am hearing it day by day in my son. And I, I used to hear such anxiety in his voice, and he's got such a peace now. Yes, he's got some, you know, a long road ahead of him before he's out of this bind he's got himself in. But I tell you what, I love him more than anything, and I am so proud of where he's at, that he's taken the time, as he says, to marinate in the Lord. Exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to play a song from Cochran and Company. It's called... So we will be right, we'll be right back after this. We're going to continue on with our discussion. And we're going to read this awesome verse from Matthew 15, 13. So we'll be right back right after this. There was a time that I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had. I was running, I was searching. But every place I turned for healing. Left me more broken than the last Take me back To the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back To a preacher and a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I wanna go to church Trying to walk on my own, but I'm wound up lost Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross It's not a trophy for the winners It's a shelter for the sinners And it's right where I belong Take me back to the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back to a preacher and a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I wanna go to church 
holding on to the fate that's in my bones. Take me back to a preacher and a verse where they've seen me at my worst. To the love I had at first. Oh, I wanna go to church. guys welcome back up you enjoyed that song from cocker and company called church and we're going to get, continue on with this discussion and they're going to read you this verse matthew 15 13 every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled by the root uh, what do you think that means people i mean i think it means that uh Cleaning your heart out. Uh, obviously, my wife said to clean my heart out. And, well, I think everybody needs their heart cleaned out. He did the Pharaoh's heart clean. He got pretty good when he let the people out of Egypt. Finally, after, what, months of talking? Mm -hmm. they were, and then he went there three or four different times. Ten plagues. And, and all that. And it took all that to finally clean his heart out. But uh, here he is. Yes. So, as I mentioned before, that's... Sometimes there's other people involved in the answer to your prayers and in the answer to maybe healing your heart. God showed me this in, in the example of a dinner party. You're having a dinner party and, and are making the main course. You've invited other people, one who will bring the vegetable, one who will bring the bread, and one who will bring um, a, another side dish, and one the dessert. Separate, they don't make a whole meal, but together they make a feast. You cannot see the preparation of the rest of the courses, but you know that they're being prepared. The same is true in the stages of your spiritual growth and healing. With each step, you learn more and you realize just what the Lord is trying to teach you um, in that particular trial or trying to weed out some of the stuff out of you. You can't see God at work, but you must trust that he is. He's making other preparations, and when the time is right, he'll put it all together, just like in the dinner party. One thing doesn't make a whole dinner party, but you trust that those other people are baking what they said that they would make. So trust that God is at work, and he's putting all the pieces together, and he's transforming you with each trial that comes your way. Some of the trials are to... Pull stuff out of you that you don't need. Wrong perceptions. Some trials are to open your eyes to sin in your life. And some trials are to allow a passion to grow out of you that wouldn't have otherwise. Like Hannah. She was barren. And she was so distraught over it. So distraught that she prayed so earnestly and fasted before the Lord. And... She promised her firstborn son to God. That wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen if she'd been having children all along. She wouldn't had need she wouldn't have needed to pray so earnestly for him. And she wouldn't have promised God her firstborn son, but as a result, God answered that prayer and then gave her more children afterwards. You should read that in first. In in First Samuel, it talks about that in First Samuel chapter one. 
And because of that, we have Samuel. That he was a priest or prophet, the first to anoint kings, and the last of the judges. God used him tremendously. So some of these trials are for God to do some gardening in your heart. As a result, you get closer and closer. And this can only happen if you stay faithful to God during the growth process. And you don't get impatient and give up and go back to your old ways. Trust him in the process. Trust him with what he's done in you so far. Make mental notes or make, get a journal out and write. So when you get down, you can go back and see, oh, well, look what God did for me. And, and look what I learned at this point. It really helps you to see you are growing and God is there for you. Yep, exactly. And uh, so it brings us to our second topic here. So how do you grow closer to God? Grow in your knowledge of him and his ways. Well, I think that's pretty uh, simple. One, you got to get right. Two, you've got to be serious about it. And just that one part of the relationship, it's you and maybe your friend needs to make the decision too, your spouse. It is, it's, it's up to the individual person to make the life choice to follow God. You have to choose first. You can't just be half in and half out. You got to be all in or all out. And the first one you got to do, well, it says here, you spend some time with him every day. That's when you make the choice. You spend time with him in prayer. And prayer just is just your alone time talking with God. You don't even have to have your eyes closed. I don't know why so many people close their eyes when they pray. You don't have to close your eyes to pray. You can just talk to him like you're just, like in that movie. Oh, what is that movie? Um, um, that old, uh, old, uh, old lady. She was so cool. Love that lady. She was talking to him like that's her best friend. Like, Lord, take this being out of my sight. She's going in her shed. Well, you better give me strength, Lord. I love that old lady. That's right. From the Stephen King's The Stand. That movie, that woman in that movie was so awesome. He was just talking to her and talking to God like she's next door, right there next door to him. Yeah, so you have to spend time with him. That's how you go closer to anybody, right? Any relationship you have, you have to spend close time with him. You have to get intimate with him. That goes with any relationship that you have. You have to spend time with him. Amos 5, 6 says, seek the Lord and live. My son is saying right now that he says, I feel like I'm alive for the very first time in my life. What some people may call the worst time of their life. Right now, he had been abused for so long. He has been in depression and he'd been on the streets for over 10 years. And I tried to tell him, I tried to show him. I always took him to church so he knows the word. And even on the streets, he was witnessing people, but he was still depressed. He couldn't get that, that depression out of his soul because there was something, there was a door that was still closed that he just didn't understand. And see, you can't make people understand. It's between them and God. But you can plant seeds, but it's ultimately up to them. And how close you want to be to God, it's ultimately up to you. But right now, my son is in jail. And he's in another state where I can't see him. But he calls me every day. And I hadn't heard from him in two years. And now I'm hearing from him every day. 
and I can hear the peace in his voice. And he's talking to me every day about something new he's learned that God has taught him. And I'm just rejoicing. I don't like the fact that he's there. But he's telling me, Mom, I feel like I'm alive for the very first time in my life. You see, I tried. And sometimes I think I tried too hard where I was trying to control it and take it out of God's hands. And it's the hardest thing in the world to let your loved one go and let God have full control. Because God is the only one who can change somebody's heart. You can't do it. God is the author and perfecter of our faith. God is the one who changes our heart because he's the one who created our heart. And so if you have someone right now, it's very hard. But trust me, if you just let them go, put them in God's hands, he'll help. If you have a marriage that's suffering, first of all, if you're not right with God, you've got to get right with God because he created your heart. He's the only one who can heal it. And you got to spend time with him every day. You've got to be open and honest with him. And that's this first part, prayer. Exactly. And another movie I brings to mind is War Room, that uh, lady in the war room. That woman is so awesome. In this one scene in the, in the movie, she's just sitting there and there chilling out on ice. When they get it, they get robbed by a guy. She smacks the crap out of him with a purse, and then they call the police. And she's sitting there eating ice cream, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody's just looking at her like, "What in the world? You just got assaulted, and you're eating ice cream." And she took your other girl's ice cream because she couldn't eat it. Like, well, I don't know why you guys are moving on me. I'm, I'm trying to God protect me. I know what I'm doing. So <laughs> she's just sitting there counting down. But again, that goes with my wife's. A point here of prayer. She was right with God and she spent time with him every day going in her closet, which she called her war room, and just had a nice little convo with God. And she healed up right nicely. And we're going to continue on with um, this uh, uh, this verse right here, 1 Thessalonians 5 16 through 24. Be joyful always, as that woman was. She was joyful as heck. Pray continually. Give thanks to all. For, uh, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the spiritual fires. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil, which is very hard to do. May God help himself. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body keep blameless out at the coming of our Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls, calls you his, his faithful, and he will do it. My God, there's, these are tough people. Luke 18, 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Talk to him. That's probably the most simple thing of all. Talk to him. The Lord wants to talk to you. Let him. Exodus 33.11 says, The Lord will, would speak to Moses face to face as a man seeks with his, speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Psalm 28.7 uh, 27, says, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. So how, do, how close do you want to be to God? You are as close as you want to be. 
and it's going to take some time if you're broken inside. It's going to take some time if you have a relationship that's broken and you're praying for it. But first things first is you got to have your heart right with him. Give him all. And if you've done some things, repent and then make amends. Because the Lord says if you have a gift for the Lord lay, and you have ought against your brother to lay it there at the altar, altar, go make things right, in other words, and then come back and pick it up. So make things right with your people. Oh, yes, if you have if you've done wrong, if you've done your part and you sincerely ask him to forgive you, then you've done your part and God honors that. They may not always forgive you, but that's between them and God. You did what you were supposed to do. And then you ask God for forgiveness of your sins, the things that you've done. And, hey, we all have. None of us are perfect. But then he says, I will forgive you your sins and remember them no more. See, then it's done. It's, you got a new start, a new creation in Christ. And you got to give him some time. You can't snap your fingers like you're putting something in a microwave oven and say, two minutes, Lord. Okay, he's God, you're not. And it took you probably a long time before you came to the Lord. So he was very patient waiting on you. Be just as patient with him. And he, trust me, he will heal your heart. And if you're wanting your relationship to be fixed, you have to trust him with it. You can't play tug of war. It's like trying to give somebody a gift and they've got their hands out and they're ready for you to give it to them. But you keep holding on to it. Okay? They can't take it until you let go. God can't take your problems until you let go. And you got to give him time. And you got to pray the word. Psalm 138.2 says, above all things, God exalts his name and his word. So you find the word of God. You open that Bible. And he, that is his covenant. That is his covenant. He exalts his word. And so you pray that word over your circumstances. I don't know who this is for, but I just feel so strongly that this is for somebody. Just pray that word. Put that person's name in that verse and make a prayer out of it. One I pray over my son all the time is Isaiah 54, 17. That no weapon formed against him, he shall prosper, but he shall refute every tongue that accuses him. And verse 13 in that same chapter is, All your sons are taught by the Lord, and great will be your children's peace. So I just put my son's name in there. Pray the word of God. Proverbs 18, 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Pray the word of God and give your angels something to work with. Say that my relationship will be healed. My wife, my husband, my friend, my brother, my sister, they will come to the Lord. They will be saved. Acts 16.31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be healed, you and your household. So that doesn't say you, you and maybe your household. It says you and your household. John 6.63 says that his words are spirit and they are life. So the same spirit that created the world, God said that there be light and there was light. That same spirit is in Jesus Christ and his spirit is in you. Then you have that same fullness. Read Colossians chapter 2, that's verse 9 and 10. 
you have that same power within you. Are your angels collecting unemployment? Or are you giving them seeds to plant and cultivate? So God makes it grow. One man plants, one man waters, but it's God who makes it grow. Are you making it grow? Are you giving life to his word? Are you spending time with him and growing close to him? Do you want something? Then it's going to take some effort on your part to do it. How important is it to you? Because it will happen. You're prophesying over your family. That's what you're doing. The word of God in Hebrew says, angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So are you giving your angels something to do or are they collecting unemployment? Well, I hope this has helped some of you. And we are going to continue on with this topic with the rest of topic number two and then get to topic number three next week. We have um, three more parts to topic number two um, in how you grow in the Lord and his knowledge of his ways. Yeah, then we'll go on to topic three, which is different levels of growth, and then we'll finish it all out uh, next week. Uh, so be sure to check back in. And just to always remember, people, we, we're on our website, yournewlifeministries.org. You can uh, catch all of my wife and I books from her uh, latest book that's going to be published out in September. Too. We're going with a new publisher, so hopefully um, you'll catch that book when it comes out in September or October. We also got her uh, other books, one starting uh, the Deep Waters Within, which is a modern-day Jonah story. Her uh, Jeremy's journey, which kind of mirrors her her son's story, uh, son's life, and the many many other books uh, that she has on our website, as long with mine, my personal journey from atheism to Jesus Christ, which is my pathway to Jesus Christ, and um, my wife. Yes, and I just have to tell you about his other one that I keep telling him he needs to write a sequel to it. It is Pebbles in the Water. And, you know, it has rippling effects. When you throw a pebble in the water, it will have rippling effects. So don't think that what you do will not make a difference. That small little act, you don't think it'll make a difference. Well, this story is an example. So you've got to go on our website and get it. Pebbles in the Water. And it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, every online store that's out there. Pebbles in the Water, and his pen name is D.L. Weatherford. So you got to check that out. It shows one man who helped a teenage runaway and how it ended up having rippling effects that the whole the little boy's whole family got saved and started working and doing missionary work. That is awesome. So our one little act, you don't think makes a difference, but it does. It does make a difference. And we love to pray for you. So please email us at info at yournewlifeministries.org. Go on to our website at yournewlifeministries.org. And check us out. We have a blog page. We have our podcast page. And don't forget, uh, you men, uh, Donnie's Straight Talk for Men. It's straight in your face truth. And you won't want to miss that. Then we have our bookstore page. And then we have our home page where we have stories that you can learn a little bit about us. Hey, and if any of you are with the church and you need some speakers, uh, we'll work with your budget and visit our speaker page, our event page, uh, and give us a shout 
and we will really want to connect with you and especially we want your prayer requests we love to pray with you and uh and in closing you always got to remember you know you got this when you let god lead the way so try, try to talk to you guys Bye -bye.